The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I'm your host, Belinda Coyle. I'm a registered nurse and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Joanne Jackson. Joanne is a clinical care coordinator for the Spinal Cord Rehab Unit at James Haley VA Medical Center in Tampa, Florida. She has her bachelor's and master's of science in nursing from Jacksonville University and has 14 years of experience as a registered nurse in spinal cord injury and acute rehabilitation. She has a passion for adapted sports and is a strong supporter of her local PVA chapter where she spends time volunteering for various events. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are Miss Jackson's and not those of the VA Medical Center or federal government. Our topic today is community reentry after discharge from a spinal cord injury rehab. Joanne, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. So in our previous podcast, you described what a patient may experience as part of their inpatient rehab journey after spinal cord injury. What would be the next phase for these patients related to their care? The next phase would definitely be how do we get them back in the community and how do we get them living their best life, you know, now that they're in a wheelchair. When we have patients in the inpatient setting, we will take them to the movies. We let them experience going to the movies with us and our staff so that we can help them troubleshoot things so that the first time they ever go to the movies is not with their wife or their kids, you know. So during the program, we'll take them to the movie several times so they get comfortable. Like, when do you manage your bladder? Do you go calf before the movie starts? You know, how do you get into the bathroom? Those kind of things. During Christmas, we take the patient shopping. So that way they learn how to get through the aisles. You know, we don't realize it, but department stores love to put those big displays in the middle of the floor, not Mm -hmm. realizing that you cannot get a wheelchair past those. So how do you get around those Macy's or wherever where you can't get your chair through? So um, how do you get even in the mall? How do you get in the door? If you're in the grocery store, we take them shopping. How do you get something off the top shelf? Oftentimes, people don't want to ask for help. So we have to teach them, okay, your reach is not going to get that. Like you're going to have to ask this person coming down the aisle for help. Because if you're by yourself, you're just not going to be able to do it. So we take them into the community and we do those things and we do other things. We go to the park, we go to the aquarium, just to kind of give them an opportunity to experience those things with our team. And myself as a nurse goes, PTOT, we all go, recreational therapist goes, and we all take team up. I might be with the OT, with a patient, someone else might be with a PT and an OT, and we kind of work through the things that they might come across in the community. Which, I mean, that's just really amazing because, you know, the whole big thing with inpatient rehab is, you know, helping them find their independence. And then with, you know, community reentry, you want these people to get back to doing what 
they were doing before, maybe just in a different way. So Absolutely. it's really cool that you have the opportunity to to actually get them back out into the community, doing things with, uh, you know, you as as a nurse or or their OT or whoever is going to be on that on that initial journey with them and making them feel more comfortable before you know they're kind of set free. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because you never want them to worry about like, what do they do when they need to go to the bathroom and cath? Well, I'm there and I can kind of help them step through that process. But I can imagine if we didn't do that, it'd be such, it would form so much anxiety for people that it may be a reason why they didn't want to reintegrate back into the community. I like the fact we do give them opportunities to, you know, touch on those things before they're actually discharged. How often do you actually see or hear from patients once they're discharged from your unit? All the time. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought you were going to say that. Uh, my court is like a family. <laughs> I mean, you have to think about it. You spend three months or six months with somebody or nurses. You form a bond. They know your kids. They know your family. You have that interaction forever. When patients get married, they'll call me. If they have kids, they'll send me pictures. They come see me. So you never, you always have that bond with patients. Like I said, you you go through one of the hardest experiences they'll have in their life, and then you get them to the other side, they, you're forever connected to them for that. So oftentimes, I can remember when I first started as a nurse, I still talk to patients then, you know, now. It, it's definitely a special bond that, that we can it create. Is. It's very different, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about how these patients adapt to the change from actually being cared for all the time in the hospital with, you know, the healthcare caregivers to actually being able to take control of their own care once they're at home or in the community? I tell the patients that we, any hospital, you create a false environment. When you can hit your call light and call a nurse and ask for something when you're in the bed, you know you'll never have that opportunity at home. <laughs> Even if you're married, <laughs> your wife's right. going to look at you like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but we do encourage when patients are up in their chair, they get their own water, they get their own food, they get their own things because that's what they would have to do. And so we kind of set those things up. Okay, well, get everything you need before you go to bed. So that way, I mean, set your clothes out for the next day, do everything so, so that in the morning you can do those things and get ready by yourself without having to ask, because ideally those are the things you're going to have to do when you go home. So to the best of our ability, we try to set them up and get them ready because although a lot of them want you to come home with them, you just can't go home with them. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to prepare them for when they go back into the home environment. And when I talk to wives and when I'm training wives or caregivers or family members, I tell them the same things. Like when he gets home, he can do this or she can do this and don't do these things. Like you need to encourage them being still independent and not dependent on you, me or anybody when they go into the home setting. Oftentimes with the rec department, she'll do one or two things. If you had a love before you got injured, she'll nurture that love and she'll get you back into it. But she'll also introduce you to something new. Maybe you never mm -hmm. tried before 
or would never have considered before you now in a wheelchair. And so between those two, we also start getting people back into what's going to happen after this by hand cycling. They get to ride a bike while they're there and they can decide, hey, I think I would like to do this and we can order a hand cycle for them. Or we take them to the range and we let them shoot. Okay, so would you like to do air rifle when you get out of here? So we do expose them to several things to help them get ready to get back in the community, not sit at home, not be bored, so that they have something that they love and maybe want to do, whether it's bowling, whether it's nine ball, just getting them out there outside of a video game, getting them out there and getting them active. So Yeah, that's so important. I feel like just the activity level helps everything, the whole quality of life. So I think it's amazing that you guys are exposing uh, your patients to all of those extracurricular things that they could do. What are some of the most common obstacles that you think they face once they're back at home? I think getting the family used to the routines that they've now become accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And actually just really being out the hospital environment, it is a very controlled environment. You'll definitely have to deal with things out in the community and even in the home setting that you would just probably never have to deal with. You know, we do our best. We do home evals and we set up homes to make them as adaptive as possible. But even with all that said and done, you really still can't prepare them for everything they'll come out there. You know, sometime they've been away from the house six months. And then now they have to reintroduce themselves to their wife or their significant other going back into a vomit now being in a wheelchair. So some of the things I really see after discharge is um, lots to do with intimacy and how do you get back into your home setting with your spouse and your significant other. People oftentimes will call me about that. Usually we've worked out the bowel and the bladder issues, so it's never really an issue. But yeah, it's like now that you're out there and you're out there with your kids and you have to go to a baseball game, you know, it's like, how do you get to all that and make it work now that you're in a wheelchair? Do you find um, that they have issues with being compliant uh, with the bowel and bladder issues? I know that you try to work it out once, you know, they're on the inpatient unit and you you work through, you know, product selections and trying to get them on a good routine, uh, you know, maybe what are some of the obstacles or challenges that, that they would have happen that would prevent them from being compliant with that regimen that you recommend? I definitely think, and it depends on age too, but mm-hmm. I think compliance becomes an issue, I feel like maybe when they're a little younger, because peer pressure is real. It's not just in high school. It's long after that. And mm-hmm. everybody wants to be what we we assume is normal. If you try to, if sometimes a patient are trying to fit into that box, well, your friend doesn't have to do bowel care. Your friend doesn't have to manage bladders. You can't go out, hang out all night and drink because the way you manage your bladder is very different than how they manage their bladder. So sometimes those are the obstacles that they will have to deal with when they go outside. And it does make it hard to be compliant. I mean, if you're hanging out with the guys, playing cards or doing what you do, the last thing you want to do is say, hey, man, I got to go because this is my bowel care night. You will push those things off or you know that you have to travel in the morning. Well, you should have probably did your bowel care tonight, but you were having such a good time hanging out with everybody. You didn't do it. So those are the things that make it hard to comply when they're trying to just fit back into what's normal or what we think or assume is normal. Right. So there's a fine balance between we want, you know, you to be active, but in the same token, we also want you to 
adhere to your regimen that's going to keep you healthy. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. And then the, you got to find the balance. I tell people like what you do here in the hospital, this is not, I mean, we're strict, you know, we say uh, these meds are at 5 a.m. These meds are at 12 noon and these meds are at this. Well, ideally those times may not work in your real world. No different than the bowel care time we schedule for you may not work in your world or how you manage your bladder may not work, but mm -hmm. you have to find the balance of how do you make these things work and still get the things that fulfill you in life? Because ideally having an accident, whether it's bowel or bladder can ruin your good time. It doesn't matter who you are. So That's you right. got to find the balance so that you can still have a good time and do the things you love and still be healthy and manage your bladder and your bowels the best you can. And that's what it's all about. Talk a little bit about um, some of the other clinical resources that, that a patient may meet with after their inpatient stay that are really critical to their continuity of care at home. So what we do, we actually, when a patient's on the inpatient side, if they decide to connect and stay with our facility, we do a handoff to the outpatient team. We tell them some of the challenges we had, some of the issues they may have dealt with. That way, when the outpatient team takes over that care, then they have some of the background on what happened. They're not starting with a full slate, even though, of course, they deal with the patient from that point on. But you still have the history to how they got to this point. So I think that's one of the great things we do when we have a patient that stays in our facility and still gets our services. Ideally, the outpatient team is the same lots of times for the therapist. So it might be the same person you actually had on the inpatient side. Now you get to see them and still work with them on the outpatient side. But even if not, that PT that you're working with outpatient can probably talk to the inpatient PT and they can kind of still troubleshoot stuff and help you. So it does help when we can still stay connected. But ideally, the community here is awesome. There's a lot of new facilities that have come up that are strictly wheelchair adaptive gyms and parks that our guys have really taken to and will go there and work out. And because they all are seen together, they kind of get that camaraderie and they still continue to work out together. They still continue to do hand cycling races together. And so the things, the connections, if I know someone that does something, I can say, hey, I got this perfect guy I want you to meet. And as another peer that can say, I know what you're going through, because ideally what I know is from practice and knowledge, what I've learned, but what they have is what they live. And so right. if I can connect them to the right peer, then ideally that person's going to take them through this journey after their discharge way better than I can because they're living it every day. So lots of times we can connect people to the right people and the community services there are great. And between that relationship, it really does help them transition a whole lot better back into the community. That's great. I, I've kind of recognized with uh, just having visited and made some contacts uh, throughout um, some of the, the other VA centers across the country. I feel like you guys are a fairly tight knit community, which is really cool. Um, so I'm sure that you have patients that, you know, travel to your facility from other places. And so oh, yeah. I think that you, I'm sure that you probably are able to connect them in with, um, you know, people that are in their hometown or I just, I feel like you guys are such a, a close knit, um, healthcare community. And that I think is really cool. So. Yeah, it works. It's funny. Cause I worked in, um, another VA in Virginia and I moved here 
And then I still see some of the same people now that I saw then. So it is close. You'll have people, depending on where they move, go from VA to VA. And it really is good, the camaraderie and the, and the knit, tight knit we have between us, and which really helps when you're transitioning back in the community. Absolutely. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. And in closing, uh, do you have any key takeaways for the listeners uh, regarding community reentry, specifically for those affected by spinal cord injury? Get out there in the community, get active in something. Maybe before you were injured, you love fishing. Fishing is always going to be an opportunity. Recreational therapists, they're amazing. They can always find a way to get you from the wheelchair level, doing what you love before you in the chair, after you get in the chair, you can still connect with those same activities, whether it's basketball, whether it's fishing, it's bowling, and be open to trying something new, something that you never thought you'd even like before, because you might find that you love it. But I tell people, get out there, get active, and you know, find something to love and do, that being in the chair is not the end all, There's so many possibilities despite it all. And so that's what I would tell people, like, just get out there and be active and do something because you really can do whatever you want. The possibilities are endless. The chair doesn't stop you from doing any of that. I think that is amazing advice. And again, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your wisdom. Thank you so much for for sharing with us today. And I look forward to our next session. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.